Wellness with Mo podcast, the podcast that discusses all mental health issues and wellness issues. We get different guests from around the world that share their amazing stories and journeys through difficult and uh, challenging times. Welcome back to another episode with uh, with Wellness with Mo. Hi, my name is Mo, and this week's episode we have an amazing uh, guest. She is uh, a, 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 psycholo- a positive psychology coach, a culture change specialist, a leadership coach, a positive organization psychology, and post traumatic growth expert. None other than Michelle Falzun. Is is that how you pronounce your last name? I'm really sorry. I'm very bad with names. No, is that, is, you, you is, nailed it, Mo. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a quite quite an impressive uh, impressive line of work you're doing, Michelle. So thank you for being with us. Uh, I mean, it's it's amazing to have you, and uh, you're the first Aussie uh, to be from uh, to be on my show. I mean, I had uh, Germans. Uh, I had uh, British people and I had uh, American people, so the first Aussie. So hey, <laughs> ah, I'm super honored. <laughs> yeah. So so Michelle, tell me, um, just I, I want to know more, and my listeners definitely do want to know more. What is, what is your journey? Because I'm I'm always intrigued by people's journey, because usually you know when you when you go wherever you are in that area of expertise. Definitely have you had kind of like a story to back that up. Uh, like for myself, uh, you know, I, I, I market myself as a mindfulness coach and resilient coach because that is exactly my, my, my journey uh, for, uh, during, from 2020 until today. So tell me, what, what is your journey, Michelle? How, how did you become you know, a positive uh, psychologist coach? Well, thank That's you correct. so much for acknowledging the fact that our our stories are a a powerful catalyst in us becoming who we essentially are today, and the stories we have in the present moment will be the catalyst of our future selves, basically. And I'm a, a firm believer that life is our greatest teacher. Um, so I, I truly love it when people ask me this, and albeit it's only been in recent times that I have been able to navigate my story with appropriate language and articulation towards the subject matter. Uh, But ultimately I've come to where I am today to be the person that I am through a journey of loss and grief and facing my own mental health challenges in that journey uh, and and in recognizing that those mental health challenges gave me the opportunity to walk the dark night of the soul mm-hmm. and become anti-fragile in this space of heartache and adversity. So to go back in time a little bit, I in a previous lifetime was a high school teacher. And I, I, I loved it. I, I started education uh, when I was 24 years of age. So I was, I was young. I was straight out of university. And in essence, it, it became my dream job. And I thought I was going to stay in this space until retirement, you know. And seven years into my career, I 
I faced a somewhat challenging cohort of senior students and uh, I, at that point in time, was was pregnant, blessed with the, the second child um, in my family. And boy or girl. due to... Yeah, was it a boy or girl? That's the most well. My, <laughs> my my first my first cherub is a daughter. Okay, and Amazing. Um, Amazing. and then yeah, and then in in twenty twelve, uh, I was blessed to fall pregnant again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was just unfortunate that uh, due to uh, prolonged induced state of stress mm-hmm. uh, that I faced in the workplace, I fell sick and. Um, yeah i i went into premature labor and unfortunately my second daughter was born too early and was too young to survive and so naturally that took me down a um a very dark space of existence and i had to journey through that emotional turmoil and uh i suppose life changed trajectory very very fast for me um but nevertheless it's it's now been 11 and a half years since that time in my life and in that journey of growth and evolution i've i've learned to accept that my cross to bear basically has been my greatest blessing and with the utmost humble respect and love for my daughter it is now something that I hold immense gratitude towards. It was that moment in time that has allowed me to become who I am today. So it is it is that learning journey through unexpected life experiences that has allowed me to take a leap of faith and step into many unknown, uncharted waters of unfamiliarity. And in 2020, I embarked on further learning as a mature student, uh, long distance correspondence learning uh, with the University of East London. And I I started my Masters of Applied Positive Psychology and Coaching Psychology. And at the time, I was still working full time. So it was a bit of a juggling act. We were facing a global pandemic, working, and then I embarked on some studying. But again, that was a hugely stressful period of time. Um, a couple of years ago, learning halfway across the world. But it was an incredible, incredible couple of years where I got to expand my mind and and dive into the science and the research pertaining to these subject areas that are pivotal in our evolution as human beings, exploring the study of happiness uh, the science of happiness and and learning about existentialism and coaching within organisations. It's profound. Yeah, I, 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 I've watched a lot of videos and I, I read uh, a lot of things about uh, uh, happiness and psychology in, 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 uh, in, in the essence. Uh, uh, you know, I, a lot of people, and you, you definitely agree with me, find that the pandemic was... Uh, bad year for people in terms of business health and that's that is true i would not you know uh, 
make that any less of importance. But as uh, a spiritual human being, as someone who believes in, uh, who's, I mean, believes in God and whatever and believes, believes in uh, the mysteries of the universe, I find that the pandemic was like a message from way up there to us poor human beings, because to, to, to that being, we are very fragile, very weak, we're not, we're just, but it's a, it's a direct message that you need to look after your health and see, I can do this to the whole globe, not just one specific race, country, or, or, or even gender, it's, it's on the whole thing. So I, 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 for me, the pandemic was like an opening for my journey. Without it, I, I don't know, maybe without it, I wouldn't be able to, uh, to be where I am. Um, so I have, uh, I'm so intrigued. I have so many questions to ask you. Let me ask you one really important question because I, I want to know your uh, take about this. What do you think is resilience? Do you think it's a, a skill uh, inside a, a human being? It's there and it will only come out when that person is put into a, a stressful uh, position or are certain human beings more resilient than others? I think uh, first and foremost, it's a brilliant question. Mm. And I will preface my response by stating that it is a subjective response. Um, But I think for the most part, we are born with resilience as a, um, what's the right word, I suppose, almost like a a a foundational basis right we all have the ability to be resilient however as individuals journey through life and we all experience a plethora of different situations and moments in time and so on and so forth we we tap into that well of resilience far easier than some or more often than others and I also think our childhood plays a mammoth, uh, a mammoth element, I suppose, for lack of a better term, that allows us to tap into that well in different capacities as well. So, for example, if we grow up in a childhood where our caregivers, our parents, our guardians encourage us by positive reinforcement, by uh, supportive dialogue and language, by encouraging us simply by saying, I believe in you, as opposed to the polar opposite where a child can be exposed to constant negative argumentative feedback, um, questions a lot about their their abilities and their strengths and, and so on and so forth, then of course, the child who is raised in a more positively structured family will feel more comfortable to tap into their resilient resource as opposed to the child who's who said, I don't think you can do that or you'll never be smart enough or, you know, um, high-achieving academics 
don't run in our family lineage, so don't even try your hardest, for example. So our childhood experiences will will play a significant role as to how as adults we embrace our, our innate intrinsic levels of resiliency. So I think positive affirmation is really important. I think our internal dialogue and how we learn to speak to ourselves when we look in the reflection of a mirror is also really important, but also who we surround ourselves with, our social peers and connections. If we are immersing ourselves with groups of people who are constantly fearful, anxious, uh, not willing perhaps to engage in new experiences, then that that conditioning holds us back as well. That, that, uh, you're correct because, you see, uh, on my, my life, uh, you know, I have a brother who's younger than me uh, by six years, but my parents always told me when I was growing up that you are more resilient than your, your brother. Your character is, is, is built in that way that you can overcome any challenges that you face. And for that, that is true because <laughs> when I was in Australia, uh, and that's a funny story, um, I lived in Sydney and, you know, uh, uh, all my life uh, during those four years, I was talking in, in pure English um, constantly. In, at home, at school, with my friends, skateboarding and, you know, playing around, you know, those uh, and playing cricket and uh, whatever. And when I came back to uh, Egypt, I was in seventh grade, um, I had to uh, re, uh, repeat the, the grade. And the system in, in Egypt is that if you come uh, from uh, a country and your Arabic is not uh, any good, so they exempt you for, for, the, for all Arabic subjects. And you only do the, you know, the math and the, the, the English and, and so on and sciences and so on. And um, when I got to ninth grade, which in, in Egypt is like um, a very important uh, grade because this is like high school certificate and then you go to the, the seniors part, uh, it was my first time to, to you know, uh, study Arabic. And uh, for those who are listening, studying your, your mother language uh, especially if it's Arabic, it's quite a difficult language. I mean, it's 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 as difficult as Chinese and as uh, maybe Japanese. You know, very difficult. A lot of uh, grammar, a lot of words, and it all depends on how you hear the words, and how you write it. So that plus during the exams, I, I got checkbox. So you know, with that and that, uh, I had the resilience to to overcome my my challenges. That said, and what you were saying is really important because I think that families that keep children, you know, don't go there, don't jump, don't go out, uh, the car is going to hit you. No, uh, for me, I, I really, uh, I understand their fear, but at the same time, there's always the other side. What will happen if nothing happens? You know? Yes. Uh, what have, so, and, and when I grow, grew up and uh, I'm talking about, you know, um, um, uh, uh, the, the place, safety place, or uh, working in a safe environment at work and not taking the next step. So people come to me, 
okay, I, I'm, I'm here in my comfort zone. So I ask them, are you happy? No. So why don't you take a step? Oh, I'm afraid, you know, I'm afraid of taking uh, a step. What happens if I fail? So what? You fail, you learn, you get up. But no, no, I don't want to fail, you know. I don't want to fail. It will look really bad to my family, my, you know, my credibility, my, uh, my honor, if you want to say it, in, in, you know, in a very uh, <laughs> traditional. So the problem here, I don't know uh, in the Western world, but the problem here in Egypt, in the Middle East, especially, the word failure equates with being absolutely nothing. You will not amount to anything, being zero. But being successful is really important. The problem is people don't understand. To become successful, you have to fail. You can never be, no one is ever born successful and becomes successful. And no one's mm -hmm. ever born uh, fail and he keeps failing. Uh, and a lot of people, for me, on my, uh, my personal, you know, I went into this job and I didn't do well. And uh, then I went to this job. And so a lot of people who are close to me said, why are you failing in all this? This is my, not me. This is not my character. Said, Don't put me in somewhere where I cannot fit. And you expect me to, you know, go, go ahead. So, so, so I, I, I think, like you said, resilience is there. But it depends on how, how we um, look at things. Uh, do we look at it in a negative way or in a positive way and we learn from it? So that, that said, I want to ask you this, Michelle. When we talk about positive psychology, we talk about happiness. People here and maybe around the world still don't understand what, what happiness means. And, and for me, happiness is not being always smiling or always laughing or always being you know, upbeat. Happiness is being in a state that I'm okay with what, what, what I have, my internal um, war between my, myself and my ego and whatever is going inside me, I'm fine with it, I accept it, and I have the ability to overcome whatever and, and to become more successful. This is what I, I say. So what, what do you think, you know, what is happiness? And why, why do people think that being positive has to be, you know, equating with you have to smile? And you have to be, you know, always upbeat about things. So, as a positive mm. uh, coach, what uh, what's your intake about this? Well, for me, I I think happiness really stems from one's ability to acknowledge whatever is going on in your your life, and beyond acknowledgement, acceptance. I learned about these very two important words and how pivotal they are to the evolution of one's growth uh, back when I was facing my adversity. It took me a number of years to acknowledge my suffering and it took me a little bit longer again to accept it. And once I had acknowledged and accepted that my suffering had occurred and it was now a part of me, I started to learn how to use that to support a newfound sense of happiness in my life as the woman that I am. And 
it it therefore gave me the chance to discern meaning. And I think for the most part, when we're able to acknowledge whatever adversities, challenges, sufferings we we face, unforeseen or otherwise, all plays a part in creating meaning in in our everyday-to-day life, then we discover happiness in a way that allows us to thrive and flourish as human beings. You know, life is based on evolution. It has been since the the first day that God created man and woman and or whatever your belief is in this spiritual slash cultural slash religious space. Just as life has evolved, technology has evolved and therefore human beings are evolving and we need to acknowledge that every day that we we wake and every day we close our eyes to end that day, we have learned, we have grown, we have evolved and so too has our happiness, so too has our conscious awareness and our ability to place meaning on all lessons learned throughout that you know, eight to 12 or 16 hour day. So happiness can be found in anything and everything, even in our sufferings. Later on in reflection, there is that learning journey, which inevitably creates an element of happiness. Yes. Uh, and and that's, that's very difficult to, to understand particularly if if your listeners right now, Mo, are going through an enormous challenge within their life. It is only after the fact, and and nobody can crystal ball how long that is, but in time the lessons will be grasped and there will be this, I am thankful for that experience. And because of that essence of gratitude, we find an essence of happiness. So they're all interlinked. But it is a a slow journey, uh, slower for others. But when we are able to have faith and yeah. believe and be patient, then the the journey that we travel on is a lot easier to embrace. And and going back to your original question, that is that is a a huge contribution to to happiness within uh, human existence. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, you know, uh, uh, as a, man, a mindfulness coach, and uh, I, I learned from the best, to be honest. I learned from people from India because Indians uh, as a whole, they are an amazing group of, uh, of people. They have the ability to, to be happy because uh, this is how their religion and their beliefs prime and, and, and should in India and in, in China and all the Asian countries where Hinduism and Buddhism are, uh, you know, are, are 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 the main thing. Because I read a lot about Hinduism and Buddhism, and, and the essence of their messages is, goes well with the essence of other religions like Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Um, the idea is that gratitude is so uh, essential, even you know. Even in, uh, as a Muslim, we, we are we are supposed to be always grateful, you know, twenty four seven. The problem is, Michelle, is that we use that word uh, being grateful in a way, in a sense that it, 
it doesn't really come from the heart. You know, we just say it because we have to say it. But uh, I sometimes tell people, you have to be grateful. You have to see the little things that, that other people don't have. You have, for example, good health. You have uh, good children. They're good in terms of they don't go in, into trouble. They don't create trouble there. They're good at school. Uh, maybe naughtiness is something that is uh, nature of uh, children. Um, you have a, a, a good a good wife who supports you, who's who's in uh, uh, beside you in every uh, area. You have a good family, and you have a good good, good group of friends. And all that people tend not to see, not to see. Mm-hmm. They will see it when when everything goes bad, when they lose something, and then they start. For me, during my journey, I was literally out of a job. So I, I, should, I should, you know, you know, I should be uh, very depressed, very worried, very, uh, I, I, you know, old. And, and especially during the pandemic period, we, we know that uh, a lot of companies are not hiring. And in actual fact, they are uh, laying off a lot of employees around the world. So I should worry more. But, you know, I looked at my, uh, my situation and said, I'm grateful. I have my family. I have people who can support me even financially and understand that I'm going into a, a, a difficult uh, journey and uh, I have my, my children and, and nothing happened in terms of maybe the love or whatever. Oh, I, I would admit, of course, you know, my, my emotional state of mind was not 100% because... People cannot be 100% happy all the time. I mean, there are good days and bad days, you know. Uh, People think that because I'm a mindfulness coach and I want you to correct, I should always be happy. That is not correct. I'm a human being. I have to be, you know, the first thing uh, my Indian mentor uh, told me is you have to accept all the emotions that you have. It's okay to be angry or, or sad. It's okay to be you know, so yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you something. Being a a, a, a coach, a positive psychology coach, does that help you understand other people how they they, they come? Or or if I want to, you know, contact you for a, a professional service, what is it that I have to have for you to help me? Or how does it go? Uh, it's not about what you have to have. It's just about knowing more so what is it that you're working towards and what do you need, but what do you already have? And I, 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 I love the question that you've asked me because being a positive psychology coach doesn't just support me in knowing other people. It supports me in knowing myself and for the first 27 years of my existence, I truly believe that I was living this life that was not intrinsically conducive to my soul. And, and so when I, when I had to face my heartache and my challenges, I, I say now that the old Michelle passed on with the passing of her daughter only to be rebirthed and I live this newfound, beautiful, soulful existence 
And like what you said, Mo, it's not that what we do as, as mindset or resilient coaches or positive psychology coaches makes us immune to heartache in life. There are still days where I feel down and out. There are still days where I, I feel emotionally unstable. There are still days where at the end of it all, I might just sit in the shower and have a really good cry. But it's just that everything that I have learned on my journey of my master's and even prior to that, when I was learning everything in this space, just without the science and the research associated to it, I discovered and developed these these tools that I now have in my my metaphorical life toolbox. And so I'm, I'm just as prone to frustration and anger and sadness and grief and and everything else just as much as I am anything positive in life as well as the next person I just deal with them differently so neurologically my brain has fired and wired very differently because of my experiences and my own wanting to learn and grow it was all very natural for me personally so this this love of what I do genuinely genuinely comes from a firsthand experience of life over eleven and a half years, and so I I am blessed to understand the power of gratitude, not as a whimsical word, yeah. you know, to flippantly say to somebody, "Oh, what are you grateful for today?" But exactly. to genuinely sit, yeah, in our heart space. Mm-hmm. And go, tell me what you feel you're grateful for today. Don't tell me what you know you're grateful for, but what do you feel you're grateful for? Yeah, exactly. What do you, yeah, what do you feel you want your intentions to be today? And what are your best hopes for the next 12 hours of your waking moment? That's that's amazing because when, well, uh, when people look at us on, you know, social media, on LinkedIn, you know, uh, they the, people still tend to judge people on LinkedIn, on social media, that they're having Absolutely. an amazing life. And and the truth is they don't know where we have reached, you and I, our point in life. We've reached it not because uh, we like, I mean, of course we like it, but we, we reached it because it was a result of a journey, of an agonizing journey, you uh, for uh, for uh, for uh, having that uh, to deal with, and me for feeling that I'm out of a job at an age that is so mm. you know so critical. I have other financial obligations. I have two mm. two boys are growing up, and you know uh, I have a house to run, and it's not uh, it's not mm. as easy in Egypt to to find jobs because they're very limited. And mm-hmm. uh, and not just limited, limited in terms of, uh, for me as an age, uh, certain age uh, group, where I, I have to be limited in terms of something interesting to do, so I can't, you know, uh, uh, succeed in. Uh, so people tend to, to to judge us, but they don't don't know mm-hmm. that we suffered a lot for them to be happy. For, for people who are listening to us today. To understand that it is not easy to get where we want to get, but we do it because we know we have to do it because we know that if we don't do it, 
then nothing will ever happen. For example, if I want to grow this podcast and reach everyone around the world, I have to do the extra effort getting to know you. So I send you an, mm-hmm. uh, an invite on LinkedIn. You might be, you know, diplomatic enough to say, maybe next time, maybe I'm not really, uh, you know, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't be uh, mad or sad or, you know, upset. I would un- totally understand, but I have to do that. And I have to ask that question because maybe, maybe, and I don't know, say yes. And when you say mm-hmm. yes, oh yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm going to get to know Michelle. So, you know, uh, people still tend to judge. And I, I, I try and tend to say, don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge us. Absolutely. You don't know, you don't know how, how we are. I might be happy. Yeah, I'm a positive person. This is not a bad thing. I have my ups, I have my downs, and, and, and this is a normal thing. I mean, if I don't have that, if I'm always positive, then, then that's not for normal. So I want You're not ask, facing reality. Exactly. I wanted to ask <laughs> you something. Um, how, how, do, uh, uh, how do you, uh, as professionals, um, deal with mental issues, health issues in schools? Because, you know, that is really an important thing I want to understand. Because as grown-ups, we understand where, where the main areas of, of pain is. Having a, a nine-to-five job, stress of the job, stress of society, stress of the, the marriage. But also, I think, if the kids grow up, if they are traumatized somewhere or somehow by, by our, us as parents, uh, then it always, you know, it's always there. So how do, do we educate those uh, young, young, uh, young people about mental health issues because in Egypt here mental health is is there people understand it but it's not, no one's educating anyone and that's oh, no the, I I love 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 this question as as an educator in the education system for just under 20 years I I I answered a very similar question at a conference a couple of years back uh, with the utmost fear, I think I had sweat dripping down my body because I knew that what I was about to step into was either going to make or break me as a person and in my career. And it was a room full of, of educators from all walks of life, different yeah. levels. Yeah. And I took this deep breath and I said, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm about to say comes with the utmost respect to every one of you uh, as a wonderful ex- expert in your field of teaching. But the education system is not serving our youth the way it needs to. If anything, it is causing detrimental breaks in their their mentality and the education system needs to be revolutionised. It is not to say that specific areas of learning aren't needed or required. Uh, You know, there is a place for the learning of mathematics. There is a place for the learning of science, biology, chemistry. There is a place for the learning of literature and religion and and sport. But what we do is we, we... place so many children in one box and then we put that box on a on a belt a production belt and it goes through a system 
with all of those children in the one box. Now, not all of those children in that one box enjoy learning Shakespeare and not all of those children are mathematically inclined and want to become accountants. Uh, Not all of those children want to be famous soccer players. But yet they all go through the same system. Yeah. So what would it look like if we revolutionised education purely based on our gift of communication and our ability to converse with each other by asking very simple but yet powerful questions to elicit a state of curiosity and connection to our own strengths and passions. Yes, yes. So to, to, I guess, answer your question more specifically, we don't teach enough life skills in school because we're too busy being uh, mandated and and governed by curriculum and assessment in ways that only I believe exacerbates the stress response. Yes. Again, not everybody does well with writing and not everybody is able to retain eight to ten weeks of information only to then regurgitate it in a silent environment that is titled examination. Yeah. yeah. So we we place all of these external conditioned stresses yeah. on on our youth, expect them to deliver with an optimal response. But we're not creating the environment for them. No, 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 no. Not even here in Egypt. Here in Egypt, the education system. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to say it's bad because we have the the British system, the IG, the IB, and we have the French system, we have the German, and we have the American and Canadian system. They're all good. I'm not going to say. It. And we mm-hmm. have the Egyptian system. So put the Egyptian system on, on, aside because you know that is. That is something that needs a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, uh, dissection. And, but even my, my son is in, in, in IG, he's in uh, his last year, and he always asks me these questions. Why do I have to take that subject? What's so important about mm. okay. what, do I, I mean, it's a really good question because, you know, if you think about it, really, I mean, is learn, learn, learn it, uh, memorize it, put it on paper, Go outside. If I ask him, "What did you do?" He would tell me, "I I can't remember. I just put whatever I I, I remembered yeah. on on the paper." So, and my, my son is is a person who does not like to uh, memorize. He has a problem. He, he, even even like you know, he he hated biology, <laughs> and biology was uh, was a it's a it's a memorizing uh, subject. You have to memorize, and he doesn't know how to memorize and. And he's very honest. So, so we, we, we teach our children to learn certain subjects. And at the end of the day, we don't give them really important life skills no. and, and how we can deal with stress and what are the, uh, what, what are the avenues to deal with stress. I, 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 I tried to, um, to, uh, to start a, a certain awareness campaign on, in schools that mental health has to start from a young age and we shouldn't wait mm-hmm. until we're grown-ups and adults and, and start to deal with 
all the baggages that we have from years and years of uh, of uh, trauma. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, I, I I agree with you. I really do. So, Michelle, you, usually you wanted to say something. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I was I was just going to say, Mo, that we we live in a, a society globally. I truly believe that for the most part we are reactive in dealing with mental health challenges rather than being proactive and supporting healthy, positive mental states of existence. So, you know, and you're absolutely right, Mike. It was such a touching moment to listen to you say that you attempted and you, you, you still are attempting to raise this awareness of just how important it is to integrate positive psychology and um all of the science and research pertaining to this field that is proactively supporting positive mental health and overall well-being and states of living from a young age purely by getting people to ask one simple question why why do you want to do this What do you hope to gain from engaging in this? How does doing this make you feel? Those simple questions that then elicit an understanding and a knowing that drive our motivation and our purpose in life. If we can align what we do with who we are at the core of our existence, we develop a sense of purpose and where we feel valued. And when we feel valued, then there is this integrative approach that allows us to really thrive in, yeah. in, in our existence. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Totally, totally agree with you, Michelle. Totally agree with you. Usually I love asking this question to my guests because, I mean, I, I, I get a lot of uh, different responses. So what is one word or one uh, sentence that describes you michelle oh my goodness <laughs> i know you like you would like that question michelle i know i know <laughs> a word or a sentence that both uh, that describes me best I, I i i i can describe you without knowing you by the way but i'm not going to tell you until you you tell me your I, sentence no, okay okay we'll tag team <laughs> okay i think I, I will I will take on this challenge twofold. I think the best word that describes me is passionate. I'm super passionate about what I do. And a sentence that describes me, I love life. I love all aspects of it. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. My 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 take would be You're full of positive and love and energy. It's all coming out of you. I don't know you personally, but I feel like uh, if uh, I have a new friend in in, in Australia, uh, the country that yes. I really loved uh, living there. So uh, you have full of energy, full of life. And uh, obviously the, the agony and the, the, the journey, the difficult journey you went through, you came out. Totally a different person. It's mm. Just like you know, I'm sorry to 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 uh, to to make this like a uh, you know this like a snake that sheds its skin. So I yes, think, I think that's what happened to you. You 
you were a, a, a snake, you shed your skin and then it became something uh, different. And I really love Definitely. the energy that, that's, that's coming from, from your side. So, so contagious. Um, uh, thanks, my, Mari. My last question for you. What is your dream? My dream is to continue working on building this legacy based on an awareness that life is meant to be lived and we are meant to embrace everything it has to offer and to not be scared of stepping into that unknown. And when my time is done on this earth, I hope that moments like these, these beautiful, powerful conversations with incredibly inspirational people like you, Mo, will be listened to and people will take snippets of what I say and feel inspired by quoting such conversations between you and I or myself and other people at different times in life and just realise that when you put your mind to it, honestly, anything is possible. Anything yeah. is possible. Yeah, yeah. it's such, a, such an amazing thing you said. I mean, I really hope that you continue to do the, this uh, amazing job and uh, to inspire everyone around the world. Uh, I really enjoyed our, our, our discussion. I hope I wasn't, it wasn't too heavy on you. <laughs> I hope, not I at hope, all i hope i, I hope I, I i hope i was you know uh merciful in my questions like they say you know <laughs> not too much uh i really enjoyed no. michelle, michelle our, our our time uh i hope i hope we can uh, work together uh soon i, I really want to come and visit australia uh, i have a lot of friends in melbourne also uh, egyptian friends too Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's time you come for a visit, Mo. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope, I hope so. So thank you, thank you, Michelle, for being with us uh, on the show. It was amazing. I really enjoyed uh, our time. Um, it's my pleasure. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for everyone. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for everyone for, for listening today. Uh, I hope you, you were inspired by today's episode. And until next week, uh, God bless you and be safe. Thank you.